can't. I, just, just January, February. New York is, without doubt, without a doubt, the greatest city in the world. But January, February, the fucking worst. Welcome to a new episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Patrick. And today we are joined by the incredible Woody Foo. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm not incredible. I'm indelible. Ooh. Yeah, I made a magic marker. Yeah. Can you, what's indelible mean? I think it, it's, you can't del, delible it out. I don't come, know. Come I don't on. know what it means. <laughs> I'm, I'm inedible. You can't eat me. That's what I meant to say. Uh, that that would be good. Um, but we all we are all edible. We know this. This is true. You know. This Come on. Let's I not. was just trying to uh, prevent people from wanting to eat me. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a commonality amongst all of human history is to be yeah. prevented from eating. Mm-hmm. Right. I think save so. yourself. I think that's so. the purpose. That's of the life. root of fight or flight response, as I understand it. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, great. Thank you much. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, t- uh, this is a, a music podcast for people that have never listened to this before. Where this is Repeater. We talk to people about songs that are important to them, and this season we are talking to people about songs that got them through the last year. Um, but before we dig into the last year, we're just going to talk about some music that we've been listening to lately. Pat, uh, I have been listening to The Ergs. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, my friend. Uh, just leaving work the other day and was like, I need a good long punk album to listen to. So downloaded that one and been listening to it a whole bunch. Are uh, they are they like modern pop punk? Like what is their? They're uh, modern ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like Jersey pop punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have there's a song in this album that's just the Peanuts theme, uh, <laughs> which is great, and mm-hmm. it called i'm pulling it up right now love a good like earnest slash ironic pop punk cover <laughs> it's and it's fun yeah and it like really shows how talented of musicians they are uh it's just linus and lucy mm-hmm. that's great uh but a song on here that i really enjoy is books about miles davis mm. uh and yeah they're just kind of fun sometimes real quick hard hidden punk songs and then books about miles davis is like a fun uh like love song so mm. Definitely check it out. Uh, Vince Guaraldi, uh, fellow cancer. He was born a day oh, before wow. me. There you go. July 17th. You have so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> so much in common. Uh, something I've been listening to very recently is the song Remind Me by Emily King. So this is a, a relatively new artist to me. And um, I guess she just put out a new album. It's called Scenery. I think it came out this past week. And this is the first track on it. So it's like first track on a new album, and it's great. It's kind of a funky, poppy, soulful. It's really good. Mm. Um, I think like this will be an, an, a new artist to me that I will get into. Is she throwback, like uh, like Sharon, Sharon Jones? Or? No, no, no. Uh, much more like contemporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put her somewhere in the pop spectrum probably in general, mm-hmm. but with kind of like... A little bit of, um, I don't know, more like neo-soul kind of like sprinklings or just contemporary R&B type stuff a little bit in there. But she's poppy. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, reminds me a tiny bit of like Christine and the Queens, which is a French act, I believe, pop act. But I don't know. 
she's sort of new to me, but she's cool. Cool. Remind me, it's a good, like, very good first track on an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's twenty. That's a new band. She's a new artist. Emily King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think this is her. This is at least her second album. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that she's new. She's new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I I um I completely fell off on like music consumption. Yeah. Like I used to be a DJ and I used to like actively hunt it down mm-hmm. and like stay on top of like new releases, new artists, new remixes or whatever. And now I completely do not at all um it's a lot it's so much it's endless uh but it's worth it i mean like it's very rewarding when you're like oh yeah i found this thing it's great um now the, i was just looking at my spotify i was like what am i listening to and the thing i've been listening to the most apparently is brian eno because i'll be like i'll go to like hotels to work and like mooch off their wi-fi and then <laughs> like there's all these conversations like finance bros having conversations next to me i'm like i need to listen to something that basically drowns it out but is pleasant you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. and like all the spotify like curated playlists are always like down tempo cafe and like chill yeah. out vibes and i'm like i i hate all of this <laughs> uh, so like i i just put and like it's like brian eno's just like it's just like tones you know yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. for like half an hour and it's it's very nice because it, it effectively creates white noise and like can let me like ignore what's happening so the music i've been listening to has been like not music yeah 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 that's um, cool I do the same thing when I need to get like a lot of work done. Though, is just throw on as quiet as possible ambient music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, it's it's just white noise. You just need something to make white noise, essentially. Yeah, and Bandcamp will put together like best of ambient music lists, mm-hmm. uh, and those are kind of fun because sometimes they get a little more video gamey. Mm-hmm. But there was one that I found uh, that they categorized as music, and it was just field recordings from a stream. <laughs> and it was like great because yeah. it was just like a babbling brook and every once in a while there'd be a bird yeah i like it a lot yeah it's transportive yeah. yeah that's great that's wonderful um but on today's show we're going to be talking about a little bit about the last year mm-hmm. so to set the stage um pat and i are just going to offer up a couple touchstones of the year that was um pat what is a what's the first touchstone uh black panther came out yes Black and it was so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was very good. Good movie. Good movie. movie. Um, dominated pop culture in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? Super fun. Um, we all saw it. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, I believe that was uh, somewhere on our top albums of the last year list that we did. Um, yeah, soundtrack ruled. Yeah. that was. I, I, I listened to that at the gym a lot. It was very, yeah. it's very good for gym. Yeah. That's yeah. gymming definitely good gym music um yeah it was cool i i don't think i've seen a lot of people show up for a premiere the way people were showing up for black panther mm-hmm. like it's been it's i don't remember anything quite that big since the i want to say the special edition of star wars was coming out when we were, <laughs> when i was like 12 or something like right. that never has a call to arms been yeah. as effective <laughs> i mean our, like and that's my memory is not that great so this could have been way more no, effective for no, black no. panther i, I mean I the first really star remember. wars what there was like an army of nerds they were so excited <laughs> yeah. because that yeah. was when hope was high because yeah. no one knew like how bad george lucas was gonna was gonna poo-poo on the franchise but like everyone like showed up in good faith like ready to see phantom menace that was the first one right was phantom menace the first yeah one? phantom yeah. menace was the first of the prequels yeah. yeah 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 um yeah my gosh who knew yeah but we were least, so naive we didn't know yeah at least people showing up in costume for black panther got treated with an incredible movie right yes yeah yes the hype was uh was justified in yes that exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's totally true uh and what was another thing that happened in 2018 we we had a royal wedding Royal wedding. Mm. Um, the royal we had a royal wedding. The royal we had a royal wedding, which 
Uh, I get personally is a thing I don't care about, um, <laughs> but, but it's big. It yeah, happened. it was a big thing that it was. So um, an American was one half of the wedding, which I guess is a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Meghan Markle, that's mm-hmm. her name. Um, so like, I guess this was the first one we could have cared about as Americans. Um, right. So that's cool. Is also cool. She's a woman of color. Mm-hmm. That's like a big, sure. big to do. Um, so people were psyched about it for, you know, good reasons, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I guess I just don't really care about the, <laughs> the general, like the you know, the conceit of like right. a royal wedding. Well, there in is, general, the thing about the royal wedding that I think it, that captures people's imaginations is that it's so. It is like as close as we can get to like a modern fairy tale kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like royal wedding and like oh lineage and like. There's a whole like the formal quality of it, you know. Can is um, if you're if you want to believe in a princess fairy tale kind of story, like that's as close as we can get to it. Yeah, but aren't there there are like numerous royal weddings around the world, right? True, all the time. Yeah. It's like, and obviously, Britain is this powerhouse of the last however few hundred years or whatever, and so that's part of why it captures our our view and i guess it's in english that helps mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah we understand but like happening. but you know like the the that that's one side of it is like it's definitely the most accessible the most familiar like the one that americans would maybe be the most used to looking at mm-hmm. but at the same time it's also like the country we fucking ran away from and hate like yeah. like you know this country the america got founded down. because we were like fuck britain like yeah. we don't like you guys at all and now it's like all this flash forward of uh, a while and we're kind of obsessed with them getting married yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it also comes with like this big, uh, boisterous party. Yeah, and it's and I, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a leftover thing yeah. from like it's a vestige. It's like a vestigial bone or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't know. It's bizarre. But um, I did stumble across an Instagram the other night that was just it's photos. I think of um, what is their names? Uh, William and Kate's son, mm-hmm. who's maybe five. It's photos of that kid making like snarky faces Mm -hmm. photoshopped in with Meghan Markle. And it's all just like criticisms about her, but from the standpoint of like this child. And I was like, how, why is this somebody's entire Instagram? Cause there's an audience for it. Yeah. That's yeah. And I just, there's, I guess I mean, there's more of an audience than I thought there was. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the wedding I get that, mm, that seems far. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's heavily scrutinized. You know, like yeah. by like fashion lens through a fashion lens through a pop culture lens mm-hmm. through like mm-hmm. just general like media lens. Just because it's also just because like, you know, the last year was so bad that like yeah. any kind of fluff piece is like, oh boy, let's like really nosh on this. For sure, a little bit. sure. There there was a music highlight from the royal wedding mm. uh, that was I think the only part of it I watched, which was that the um, kingdom choir sang "Stand by Me" the Benny King song, oh. which was like sort of the the part of the choral part of the ceremony that was like this olive branch to the Americans in the audience. And mm-hmm. I guess to Megan's culture mm-hmm. um, in general, but it was beautiful. It was like a very, very wonderful version of that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Aww. That is yeah. nice. <laughs> Not bad. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Thanks uh, stepdad uh, England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I was otherwise mad at. We appreciate you. Um, but what is the song that you brought to Share with us today. Oh, man. I brought Endless Bummer by Weezer awesome. from their White Album. Cool. Uh, wait, so you, you you haven't heard it before, right? We had n- not until you told us to listen to it. Okay. I think I might have heard it because I've listened to this album, but I never was like, 
oh, mm -hmm. uh, this song in mm -hmm. particular. It apparently was my number one Spotify song last year. And wow. like, and just before we get into it, um, just like backlog, I, I feel like any discussion of Weezer requires you to like chime in sure. on like everything they've done ever because mm -hmm. it's part of Weezer. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm definitely like of the of the contingent of people. It's like the first two albums are amazing and then they, the rest are basically fine to shitty. Yeah. And, um, and, and like there was a period where I was going to the gym and every, every day I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to listen to a full Weezer album that I don't know. And there's like at least a dozen Weezer albums that are like in the interim that like yeah. no one knows. And they're all really bad. Yeah. Like I couldn't get through a single one of them. <laughs> like the, the red album has his bass player singing on one of them for yeah. some reason. Like it, it's the, there, there's, there's maybe like ten albums, and of those ten albums, I would say maybe like eight good songs cumulatively <laughs> that you could pull from that you could. Extract I think from there them. are, yeah. I mean, we can, yeah, we can get into more, but it's like they were real bad for a while, and then I think they at least kind of had a couple albums in recent years that they sort of were like showing us that if they wanted to, they could still be okay. Right, which is core to the frustration of being right, a Weezer right. fan. They like. Prove every once in a while that like they're likable, mm -hmm. um, and then they go ahead and release the fucking Teal album. Right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just to like kick you in the face. It's always one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They always give you just enough where you're like, maybe, maybe, and right. then you like open the door a little bit, and then they like you know do their cover of like Take on Me or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of just enough, let's listen to a clip of this song. We're just gonna listen to a bit of it here. Great. It was "Endless Bummer" by Weezer. And this is the end of the song. Yeah. It's like the three quarters mark. Yeah. Yeah. Before this, it was all a slow acoustic song. Yeah. But now we're building. And now as we're we building. Can tell. And this is genuinely enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. I'm into this. And then now the guitar player is going to friggin' shred. He's yeah. going to friggin' shred. <laughs> oh my God. Here it comes. You. Here it comes. Oh. And it's such a good guitar solo that comes out of nowhere. It's a sweet, sugary Weezer classic. I love oh, it. Yeah. This is, this is like the platonic ideal of Weezer in my mind. Just yeah. like this, like... Little melodic solo. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... Mm. That's an enjoyable little clip, but you should listen to the song, everyone. It's, uh... You know, I would say it's worth listening to, but... But that's my opinion. Pat, what was your first impression of this song? Uh... My first impression of this song, all I could think about is that one Rolling Stone interview with Rivers Cuomo I read where he talked about how he has a formula to write songs. Right. And this song, it's just, it's such a middle of the road Weezer song for mm. me. And I listened to it a couple of times and once I read the lyrics, I was like, okay, well, I think part of the reason why this isn't really striking a chord right now with me is like, it's a sad song. It's like a sad song about a breakup or like just having a hard summer mm -hmm. and I'm it's currently the middle of winter and I'm having a pretty okay weekend so like that's not really resonating <laughs> right right uh, <laughs> and but you know the end where it picks up is pretty cool uh and then I looked it up to see like where in the discography this album came out and yeah there's way more Weezer records than I thought there were oh yeah, yeah. There's albums that you forgot existed, like Hurley. Yeah. Right. Hurley, mm -hmm. Ratitude, and uh, what's the other one? That's right in that same. Uh, uh, um, like Make-believe was the beginning of yeah, the end. Yeah, but those three in a row, there were three in a row right there mm -hmm. that were just like all very weird. Mm -hmm. um, oh, what the fuck was it? Um, oh, we can we have computers. We can look this they're up. They're all completely forgettable, which is why we're forgetting them. Yeah. yeah um, but I just didn't realize that they had also gone into more like color album names. Yeah, that was they kind of doubled down on that. 
I think they also like feel it's like an artistic redefinition every time they do it. They're kind of like, hey guys, we this is now check us out. Now check us out. Sure, and I think saying that this is the White Album is very presumptuous oh, to right. be like we're gonna we're gonna piggyback off of the Beatles White Album. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I get I get. This is a good song for Weezer, mm-hmm. but my first impression, it didn't really hit anything for sure. me. Sure. Yeah. I will say that the emotional resonance was because I like ha- I I was like okay I'm gonna give this album a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was produced by um, I think this guy Jason Sinclair who like basically like gave him I read the all music Jake Sinclair Jake Sinclair he gave he, he you should read the all music thing about it because it's very interesting because he basically gave Rivers Cuomo like a writing assignment. Okay. He was like I want you to make the like spiritual successor to the blue album and what does that mean so the whole thing is like very california mm-hmm. very beach mm-hmm. boys homage mm-hmm. and like very mm-hmm. like back to basics there's another song on it called do you <clears throat> on the album called do you want to get high which is straight up just a pinkerton song like it yeah. sounds like it was produced like a pinkerton song which is amazing uh and the song again is fine but you hear it and you want it to be a pinkerton song so like, yeah yeah, it, yeah and that's the that's the core weezer thing like it, it it draws all the goodwill all the emotional goodwill that they built when you heard them, like when you were a teenager or whatever, yeah. and you're like, "This mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this really speaks to me." And it, they, they really still. That's the frustrating thing about his voice is that Rivers Cuomo's voice is like, whenever he does sing and he like sings the right things and the right note, you're like, "Oh yeah, like this emotionally hits me." Yeah. Even if the Latter Day stuff is horrible, like Morrissey right, does right. the same thing. Like Latter Day Morrissey, there's a lot of terrible songs, but like his voice is still Morrissey's yeah, voice. Yeah, they, they have that tool that they can like use against you whenever they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those three albums, I think we said them all, but they they released albums in 2008, 2009, 2010, back to back to back, which is Red Album, Ratitude, and Hurley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which are just, I mean... Stinkers. There's definitely no worse part of their career than those three years. Although Red Album does have one amazing song on it called uh, the, the Greatest Man That Ever Lived. Yeah, that's like the one song yeah. on that album. Yeah. Um, my first impression of the song, uh, I, I wrote some notes, which was uh, <laughs> I didn't want to like it at first, obviously. Um <laughs> I figured it would be this was going to be another island in the sun, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did find it like it stays more surprisingly kind of like sincere and laid back. Like it doesn't like immediately venture into I think the formula right. that he uses. Like he kind of is like actually we're just going to kind of chill for a while. Yeah, um, it until does almost feel sincere. I think. Yeah, until yeah. almost three minutes into the song, which like I think is outside of his formula. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then, yeah, I like, think like the end is cool, comes out, crescendo is really nice. And then at the end, there's beach sounds. And I got to say, I'm a sucker for some beach sounds. <laughs> so Beach sounds A+. plus. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've touched on it a little bit, but why, why was this song the song that got you through the last year, you think? I think it just, I think there's a big, I mean, you know, I think in general right now, everybody is like, ugh. But I think, and so for that reason, anything that's like, escapist or um call hearkening back to a simpler time is always going to resonate i think that's why everyone loves marvel movies now because like the world is so bad that like that level of escapism is like mm-hmm. what the, everyone needs to consume mm-hmm. and why they why shows like breaking bad are not like like super grim tv shows like breaking bad do not do well right now because mm-hmm. like the world is bad and yeah. why would we escape i feel like only in obama era could we have been like breaking bad let's watch something that makes us feel terrible Right. For yeah. Like hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, because in general, things were pretty good, uh, relatively speaking. And um, so that's part of it. Um, and I think, I don't know, for some reason, like it was a grower on me also. Like this song, I, I didn't hear it and I was like, all right. I think the more I heard it, the more I found ways to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really is like a throwback, but in a not 
calculated way mm-hmm. to earlier Weezer. Like the the songs are very like the like the character that's singing is very weird and like outcasty and like emo- and like there's there's always like images in it that are like very specific to like these weird summer adventure this kid is on, um, which all really felt, I don't know, it was it was something that I could latch onto. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It also does feel as you're kind of saying the writing assignment or whatever was to write a spiritual successor to mm-hmm. the Blue Album. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? Um, the notion that he's even just singing a song about I want summer to be over because summer is the sad time of the year mm-hmm. is seems like a thing that I'm like, yeah, that if I was a, there's probably a version of me in high school uh, or a version of me post early Weezer albums that's like, yes, that is relatable. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> summer is not always fun. Why do people think it's fun? Yeah. It's a total teenager feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, this thing that people like, no, it's not always likable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, can, I can find a way to hate it. Yeah. It's like, I, like my romantic life was a total like burnout this summer. Like the summer sucks. Like yeah. that kind of like kid feeling. Everybody's making out at parties and stuff. Yeah. Except for me. <laughs> yeah. That kind of feeling I think is, is still what they, that band and his voice specifically can still tap into for me. Uh-huh. Even though like the themes of it don't resonate. I'm not, I don't walk around being like, Oh, I don't, I don't get to kiss girls or whatever. Yeah. Like that doesn't, I don't think that on a daily basis as much as I used to, but like, um, but he, when, when the stars align and he like has the right song and the right melody and he sings it a certain way and the guitar plays a certain way, it's like it all mainlines directly back to like me as yeah. like 20 years yeah. old or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's what it was with that song specifically yeah. more than any other song in that album. Totally. It does. And you said this a little bit before, but it does have like a Beach Boys kind of vibe to it. Totally. And yeah, uh, yeah, like that nostalgia, it's Weezer does the Beach Boys and it's like a perfect nostalgia just to thinking back to when those were things you were thinking every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of Weezer songs are bad. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of Weezer songs are so bad. And and mostly, I think just they're very like middle of the road. Yeah. That's... And that's think, what's tragic about it. Yeah. Them. I think you even it said at the beginning, you were like, uh, you know, there's a few good albums and everything else is uh, good to fine or something like that. And yeah. I was like, yeah, like I don't, I rarely am like, fuck this song. It sucks so hard. I'm usually just like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's music like mm-hmm. that we could consume, but who is choosing to do so? Right. Unless you have some weird emotional investment mm-hmm. in yeah. wanting to, which I think people who were fans of them at one point, still kind of do and that's yeah. what's being tested every time every time they do anything i think this i mean we're already kind of going there i mean this could be the weezer episode <laughs> because it's um they they recently at the time of this recording recently released the teal album which yeah. we mentioned earlier which is a album of covers yeah which is always like oh something doesn't and, smell and right. pat and i have previously on the show uh kind of fawned over the africa cover because we were like following it on twitter as this 14 year old girl was like trying to convince Weezer to cover Africa, mm-hmm. which I think is... Is that why they started? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it was like a single-purpose-only Twitter account, which was, you know, Weezer cover Africa. And so um, um, Weird Al is only in the video, or Weird Al sings the song? I think he's just in the video. No, he's not on... So or does Weird he play Al- keyboards I, on it or something like that? I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. Okay. I, I saw... I think I saw a video of him, like, joining them on the song, but I don't think he sings on it okay. at all okay. no i was confused because also it was such a weird because the video is 
a cover of um, the sweater song video. Right, right. And and at first I was like, he's lip syncing. He's lip syncing rivers, right? right? That's what. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was like I the whole thing. I was like, there's so many layers of what is happening. right The video now. Did, was stupid, but <laughs> but the journey of like this kid just having a dumb goal mm-hmm. and Weezer Succeeding. being like whatever. Like I would think the combination of like. Uh, secure enough and um be and just like fun enough to sort of not take themselves too seriously to be like mm. yeah okay we'll cover it i i like loved that story mm. i thought it was mm-hmm. like oh the internet's good sometimes but mm-hmm. also rivers has always like very carefully not burned his audience twice in a, in a sense mm-hmm. because like ever since like pinkerton and then he renounced it and then his fans hated him again or whatever he's been very careful to like build inroads towards like maintaining yeah. that kind of openness with his like he did all these projects where like he would get all these fans and each one had a guitar yeah 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 and they'd all play live together or like um he would do these tutorials on youtube where he's like vlogging how he writes a song where he goes through his like weirdly like spectrum process of like mm-hmm. math mm-hmm. creating the song through math um so I feel like he's always been like very like quick to jump, like over eager to jump on like yeah. viral opportunities like that. Well, and it you know, and obviously they had to like record it and stuff, but it it like lasted a while. That campaign yeah. took almost a year, right, or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, but then I think also the cute thing that they did with it was they first trolled her by releasing a different Toto cover. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the week up? before uh Susanna is that the name of the song? Susanna, yeah. Uh, so, Susanna, yeah. Susanna. Yeah. yeah. So they did that one first and then they the next week released Africa. <laughs> Which but is then they didn't put Susanna on the album. They put right. they only put Africa on the album. Also Weezer has their own song called Suzanne, which is uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's a really funny. So it's like I kind of loved that, mm. but then again, yeah, again the push and pull the or the the two steps forward, one step back whatever. Yes. It's like I was kind of like in a real pro Weezer mood the last year and a half. And then they, and like, then they <laughs> fucking released the Unreal album directly ahead of their Black yep. album, which, yep. again, to... Is that the next one? That's, the Black they're about, album? They're yeah. about, that's like coming out soon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even if you're listening to this at home, it may already be out. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, too, where it's like, okay, the color album thing, like, cool, like, do whatever you want. I think it's kind of a fun mm-hmm. thing at this point. But, yeah, you are sort of evoking something when you call when you use white as one of the colors, sure. and you are sort of evoking something when you use black as one of the sure. colors, right? Because sure. it's yeah. like there are two very famous albums that already have those titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I think and Jay-Z already did it. Jay-Z yeah, and Jay-Z already, Jay-Z already did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, yeah. it's Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, I'm not holding my breath c- mm-hmm. for anything, but I am sort of like, okay, they fucked us with the Teal album. Like, maybe the Black album will be okay. Is the Teal album any good? I didn't listen. I was. I have yet to listen to it at the gym. I think it's mostly f- totally fine covers mm-hmm. of songs with a couple songs that they probably shouldn't cover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, Beat It and No Scrubs. Okay. <laughs> but everything else, I'm sort of like, yeah, this is a serviceable, yeah. totally fine cover I have nothing to hate about these other choices. But, the, but but the whole thing, like what you're saying with the Twitter lead up is like the core frustration of being a Weezer fan is on a micro level or macro level and everything they do. Yeah. And cause it also like, it was fun and cute when it was just the one or two songs for that Twitter thing. And it's just like less fun and cute when it's a whole album mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, and they also like, because they had already announced that the black album was coming out, they did like a midnight drop and we're like, check it out. Mm-hmm. We released an album ahead of our other album. And you're like, it's not cool. <laughs> but as, as somebody pointed out to me, I think on Twitter, it's like, I don't know what we expect from a bunch of guys who are like 50 something. It's like, yeah. they're not supposed to be cool. They're dads. Yeah. <laughs> like, then they were never cool. It's the other right, thing right, is that right. they were always fringe. They're always a fringe band. And like, 
and I think part of what was annoying was that like at one point he tried to be cool and it's like mm-hmm. you know you know how like Billy Joel like was never cool but like yeah. then what he did like it's still rock and roll and like some songs he like tried to be cool and you're like don't just stay in your lane Billy Joel like <laughs> people want you to not yeah. be cool just write songs that are good but not cool you know yeah. that yeah. was was that maladroit just, like because I think maladroit was him trying to be cool he got a big um, mirror flecked. Uh, Explorer guitar and shredded on every single song on the album, <laughs> but honestly, it like I think from a, like the optics of it sucked, but musically it was actually one of the more fun albums they mm-hmm. had because I was like, yeah, shred, dude, it's yeah. fucking fun, like yeah. go for it. Yeah, and <laughs> I think I think that's the other frustrating thing. Like they're all incredibly talented. Oh yeah, they're mm-hmm. so they're talented. Yeah, they can all but, definitely write pop songs and yeah. stuff. They're good. Uh, when the Teal album came out, uh, because it was the Midnight Trap. The first tweet I saw about it was, well, Weezer is making a case for being the best wedding cover band. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Mm. And again, that's like, it's like, it's not like they released a bunch of bad covers. They yeah. just, they're, they're at probably a tight serviceable cover band. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you would mm-hmm. hire them for your wedding. Yeah. You would not, um, you know, go to their concert. Well, it's just, <laughs> I think also after a certain point, he vowed he wasn't going to write personal music again. Like, I feel like he feels like he, like, bared his soul on Pinkerton or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's why Green Album is, like, so generic. Right. Um, because he's like, I'm never going to do that again. And so and so now he, like, he just writes, like, weird uh, uh, parody covers almost of Weezer songs where, like, it's like, you know, I want to ask that girl to dance, but, like, I'm too scared to. It's, like, 90% of the songs that he writes now. Yeah. And, and you're also, and for that reason, you're like, oh, you are, like, a 45, 50-year-old dude, which makes it weird. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he's not singing about, like, things that are emotionally relevant to his life now which would maybe ring more true yeah he's just it's still just like oh that girl's so cool and boy i'm such a nerd and wouldn't it be nice if we could dance like and you're yeah like, that's that's not who you are like that's not where you're at at hope do you think we do you think we naturally like kind of escape the gravity of a lot of those feelings or or um do we like feel less <laughs> Uh, this is a weird question. So it's like, because I, you know, I'm somebody that like. I just watched all of season two of The Punisher, though, so we, so yeah, we probably feel. Weird. Well, so so it's like it's you know the relatability of like wanting to ask a girl to dance um, is maybe something you could like, you could paste onto any part of your life. There's like an adult version of it, and there's a teenage version of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also. I think as adults, you tend to be like, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. I don't really care about it as much anymore. That's true. And do you mean like, is it that I just don't care because it's not relevant to me, but there's like teenagers or people who are 25 or whatever who who do hear it and they're like, oh, yeah, this relates to me. No, I, I think I'm like asking about us as the form, like the the people who are captured by Weezer mm-hmm. in our teens and are now at this age, which is like, oh, this is... Uh, this feeling that I listen to whatever a new Weezer song and I feel do I feel nostalgic for those fe- feelings or do I look at what he's saying about something mm. very um, juvenile and still find a way to apply it to my current life mm. even if the maybe like intensity of the feeling is different now mm. yeah to me it's still it's 100% rooted in nostalgia because yeah. he I don't think he's ever did anything that was more like emotionally confessional than Pinkerton that made me like really like, Oh yeah, I want to find out more, like mm-hmm. listen to you more. Like everything else after that was very broad and like, mm-hmm. we are all on drugs. Give me some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like lyrics are like, <laughs> so dumb, so bad, but like, yeah. So uh, to me it, it's, it's rooted in a deep nostalgia. 
which is why I'm always like, oh, it's weird to me that like people. I don't know if young people like Weezer now. I don't even yeah. know what, if is Weezer like the equivalent of Pearl Jam for like young people. Like, are they just like an old band? You know what I, I mean? I mean, no. some of my younger cousins, some of my younger cousins do really like Weezer, and I think it's probably because they're such a big name. You mm-hmm. know, like it's the they go to the mall and they whatever CD they can pick or what a CD <laughs> uh, mall mall yeah hey, you're never you're, mind this whole I'm been a fucking myself. <laughs> they look for the latest single yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's yeah I mean like it's it's finding the popular band that it's they probably play like blue album on like classic rock stations yeah. now and it's like you get Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Weezer and they they're these established names that they can go off of I'm try- yeah I'm trying to think if they're I'm trying to think of an equivalency for like our age group because also the other thing, this might not be totally right for like teenagers, but there's, there's kids who Weezer is their dad's or mom's favorite band, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like we're that far into Weezer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and maybe it's not like perfect. So I'm thinking, trying to think of like classic rock artists that were still around doing stuff that we would have been like, oh, that's cool. I'm still interested at least in what they're doing, mm. even if I'm not listening to all of their new albums. And like U2, U2, I think. I think Bruce Springsteen was still pretty sure, big sure. when we, yeah. and, or like Billy Joel is another good example. Sure. Like you said earlier, it's like stuff that we probably weren't listening to their 1999 or 2000 album, but we were listening to like our parents' greatest hits collections yeah. mm-hmm. of them sure. and thought they were awesome. Yeah. Well, you know. So uh like bruce for example yeah um i just watched the broadway show on netflix and it's great uh and something that's interesting about the way that he writes is his music grows up with him Mm. so like there's definitely songs that when i was a kid i was like i don't get that and now like it's more relatable because i'm in my early 30s and like i'm growing up with the music and i think at least for me with weezer is kind of hoped the music would also do that right but Uh, they don't but they don't stay in that one emotional like they're stunted in that emotional place whatever that is well, yeah. and i think that's what separates you know good or okay artists from great artists it's like do they grow because i think some of those other acts like springsteen is an exceptional example of somebody who like lets the music grow with them but plenty of the classic rock people or whatever that our parents might have listened to like when they came touring when we were in our teens they were just playing greatest hits like they sure. weren't mm-hmm. they weren't like showcasing anything new and great that they were doing and if they did no one cared because it probably wasn't that good mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. So yeah. what got you on this uh, project to listen to an album of Weezer that you don't know at the gym? I, I, one was like just like wanted something to listen to at the gym, but two was like, um, yeah, there was this weird, deep, compulsive need to like comprehensively have an opinion about all of Weezer, <laughs> I think. Amen. Yeah, I get I'm, it. You know, I get I, it. I used to like collect records. I have like very collector mentality. And like, so that's part of it. I was like, I was like, can I in good faith talk shit about Weezer if there's 10 albums that I literally don't know the songs of? You know, I can assume they're bad, but like I should probably do due diligence <laughs> and subject myself to like an hour, like 10 hours of bad music so that I can emerge on the other side with the like confidence to say, yes, it is bad. <laughs> so it is like this weird, like, like self-flagellating project. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's why I listen to every Weezer album. I mean, honestly, it's like, so I have the authority to weigh in. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. You're like, no, I, I did my time. I did it. Yeah. I, I listened to an hour of this, this dross. I, I can speak about yeah. it. Yeah. And every once in a while, I get a little surprised, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice, I guess. But that's the thing. But also, it's such, a, it's such a thing where it's like, 
do you have an hour to spend to emerge from it with like five minutes of it being worth it? I don't know. Well, so, but you, but we also get the opinion. We also get the ability <laughs> to have it's an true. opinion. And it's that true. is truly the value of it's listening true. to the new Weezer album because you could, de- you could tell me to listen to a great new album of an artist I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like I just mentioned at the top of the show, this Emily King album. Right. And there's a, there's some percentage chance that I'll like it. Right. Like let's say 50, 50. And so, and, and even if I do like it, I still probably end that album being like, eh, I don't really have like a strong opinion that's new to me. Mm-hmm. I probably need to listen to it a few more times. But the the benefit of history is that you can listen to a new Weezer album once and have a strong, if not like yeah. biased opinion. Right. And it's kind of power. It's empowering to it is. feel like you have that, you know. It is because it's rooted in the assumption that they don't ever actually change. And so each time you listen to a new album, you're kind of proving that to yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like mm-hmm. hate listening to a certain yeah. extent to be like, okay, okay, Weezer, like prove me wrong. I, there is a little bit of you that's like, I do want to be proved yeah. wrong. Um, but there's a lot, much larger part of you that's like, I'm just hate listening to this so I can like, I, so that I know that I was right before I started <laughs> pressing play on this. Yep, absolutely. Ugh, Weezer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, it so, is, yeah. Mm, it's very frustrating. But that, <laughs> but I feel like the result of that whole ridiculous project was I really got into this one song that's and was great. bummer. And I'm like, now I love this song. Yeah. Um, so I guess in that sense, it is worth it. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Mm. Yeah. And um, I will say at this point, I think my opinion is slowly changing on this song. Uh, having only really listened to it four or five times today, mm-hmm. the way that it's kind of settling in my head, I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice song. It's a nice song. Like it. It's very bitter. The lyrics are very bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is called Endless Bummer, which is such a good, simple song title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a great song. And yeah. I do think that Do You Want to Get High is worth listening to at least once just yeah. for the Pinkerton nostalgia. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, well, that was this, the the musical journey of your 20. <laughs> <laughs> but um, would you... Which is reprised with all of Morrissey's output as well. <laughs> uh, would you share with us a, a low light of the, the last year? Oh, yeah. the this uh, I got rejected by a whole bunch of things this last year that yeah. I like, applied to. Um so it's like a cumulative low light. Sure. Um, I got rejected from uh, the Jerome Foundation, which is like a like a grant for like like make like making video, um, or I submitted a video application form. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I got rejected twice from Second City. Oh man. I got rejected from College Humor. I got uh, I I filmed two things and then both of them were cut uh, mm-hmm. for air mm-hmm. for 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 time. Um, a bunch of other smaller ones, but those are the ones that, yeah. like, at the end of the year, where I was like, God, this is, like, it was very frustrating yeah. to, like, oh, okay, I'm going to put in a lot of time and effort into this thing, and then, like, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but what about a highlight of the last year? A highlight of the last year is, um, well, one isn't yet to happen, which is I'm moving with my girlfriend. Ooh, congratulations. Cool. Uh, yay. yay. Um, and um, uh, I filmed like a, a part in a feature. It's like an indie feature, but like I I mm-hmm. filmed it, and that was like a big, like, career step. Yeah, uh, that was probably like my big like professional highlight this last year. Very cool. Congrats, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, sharing 
2018 with us through oh, music. Yeah. Of course. We really appreciate it. Song number two, by the way, was Louvre by Lord. Ooh, yeah. Which <laughs> is a great song. Hey, good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My Spotify was broken and was just playing a yoga uh, ambient mix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So my top song of the year was <laughs> Sandman Breathing. <laughs> All right, Sandman Breathing. Sandman Breathing, shout out shout to Sandman Breathing. Shout out, dude. Shout out to Sandman Breathing. Uh, Woody, where can people like keep up to date with what's going on with you? What are you up to? Uh, probably my Instagram. Okay. Uh, Instagram slash Woody Foo. Can people see you regularly anywhere? Um, I perform on Tuesdays at the Magnet Theater um, with a musical team called Warm Blooded, and then once a month at UCB with a mod team called The Foundation. Excellent. Um, for anyone out there who wants to keep up to date with our show, mm. you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Repeater Show. You can also go to the website, repeater.show, mm-hmm. uh, for everything, because that's a website, and we just put it all on there. Um, you can keep up to date with me at, at eblarden uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can keep up to me, Twitter and Instagram, at Pat Cartelli. Wow. It's so nice that we have the same handle for our accounts. Nice? <laughs> <laughs> We've made it so I convenient. Got in there early. Mm-hmm. Um, We're just giving it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as always, uh, for anyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, we would truly greatly appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed, Uh, you know, which means you probably listen to this because you love Woody. You're probably a big Woody Foo head. Or Evan or Pat. Or Pat. But you probably chose this one. Or Weezer. Because you love Weezer, or specifically their White Album. Yeah. Um, shout out to Rivers Cuomo. Thank you for listening. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, this this episode could go viral. Yeah. Um, cover some other song. Uh, cover but, our podcast. Yeah, cover our podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Note for note, cover this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, the the ratings and and stuff really do help. And if you leave a five star rating and a little review, we'll read it on air, which is what we're about to do right now. Mm. Pat, would you please give us a little reader mail? This one is from user Shuri, uh, and the title of this review is "Kayla is my boss," and the comment is. A single hyphen. There you go. Uh, single hyphen. Pat, some context. I should note that Kayla is my sister, and I think she bullied her employee into giving a five-star review. So thanks, Kayla. Amen. Thanks, Kayla. Amen. God yeah. bless. Uh, we'll also let you know that if you write us an email and you have any comments on maybe a past episode or something you want to shout out on the air, you can reach us at he- hello at repeater.show. So that can go in our listener mail, too. It doesn't just yeah. have to be reviews, people. Um, but that's it for this episode. Woody Foo, mm. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you thanks. so much for having me. Yes. Um, thanks to everyone out there listening. And until next time, hit repeat. He threw up devil horns too. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hit it. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. In character? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeehaw!